it's just me. I thought there was going to be videos ushering me up here. Well, good morning. Just for those who don't know. Oh, I was going to say this is my... I know what she wanted in the video. Get ready for a very inspiring and moving message as the Holy Spirit moves on your heart as Mia Nogler preaches today. There you go. It's done. Woo! Um, just because he's right here, I was expecting that it'd be dark so no one would get to see him. But for those who haven't met me, this is my husband, Ted. Um, I just, I always love pointing him out because he's my better half. So thank you for bringing that up for me. Um, good morning, um, because also because we don't have the video announcements, if you don't have notes, you can put your hand up, um, the host team will come over and they will give you some notes this morning. Um, as it was shared, my name is Mia, um, I have the honor of being on staff, just for those of you who don't know who I am and why I'm up here. Um, there's a lot of things that I get to do on staff, um, but one of, I think, the best things about getting to be on staff is that I get to have a really close and personal relationship with our pastor. Um, and so this morning, you know, I wanted to share with you all, um, the reason you're here is because they heard a call of God on their lives to come and move their family that they had already moved to another country all the way back here. And so will you just join me in honoring our pastors, Roy and Christina, um, just by giving them a round of applause because we don't do it enough. They are phenomenal. Um, and that's one of the best parts of me being on staff is that I, I get to serve all of you, but I get to be around them and hear their heart. And when you're not on staff, I recognize that you all don't get that. And so um, I just want to share with you, they love you. They love you. They have given their lives, um, believing that God wants to transform your life. And so... When you get a chance after the service or if you're online, just like thank them. It, it, goes, it goes so, so far. So as Pastor said, I'm going to be preaching on prayer today, preaching, sharing, talking um, about prayer this morning. Um, I absolutely love the topic of prayer. You know, Pastor shared two weeks ago, you know, the, the, the purpose of prayer is having a relationship with God. Um, you know, we want to have a relationship with God and the quality of that relationship is dependent upon the, the content and, you know, the, the quality of, of your conversation and your connection with him. You know, he also encouraged us to find a place of prayer, to develop a plan for prayer, and to embrace the process of prayer. And, you know, he said, simply prayer is talking to God. Simply prayer is talking to God. But I want to suggest this morning that there's more to it than that. It is just talking to God. But as we grow, who here knows that the way you talk today is not the same way a little kid talks. And so we want to continue to grow in our faith. We don't want to get five years, 10 years, 12 years down the line and be like... Is there more than this? And so, you know, he spoke two weeks ago from a passage in, in Luke 11. And the disciples, after watching Jesus' life, ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And, you know, as, as we're reading these things, if you don't have cultural context, um, in the culture, in the Jewish culture, they prayed all the time. They were the chosen people. Um, they were the ones who had a relationship with God, and they had a lot of prayers. And so my, my background, uh, my dad is Jewish, and so we, we grew up, I grew up just learning um, you know, just about the Jewish culture and um, at Seder's, you know, at the Passover Seder, we would all, we would start every single prayer. If you don't know, there's lots of prayers. Um, with, the, with the phrase, it would always start out as, blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe. And then it would just change depending on where we were um, in the Seder. And so these guys knew how to pray. They knew a formula. They knew the words. And yet what they recognized in Jesus' life compared to their lives was there was a connection that was missing. 
And so I want to say to you this morning, it's not just about saying words. And if you've been saying words to God, that's a great place to start. But in 5, 10, 15 years, if all you're doing is saying words, you're going to feel like maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's something I don't have. And that's connection. You know, God with us. Jesus came so that we could have a relationship. And so I absolutely love um, this, 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 um, the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus taught them. But I don't know if you're like me, and I feel like this is like the disciples, where we get this prayer, you know, blessed are you, Lord of God, King of the universe, who gives us, you know, bread from the earth and, and juice from the vine. And we just, we say these things, and we can mean them, but when we're not really digging into learning, okay, what does that mean, though, and, and how does that apply to my life, um, it becomes kind of hollow. And I love that I grew up in church, and I love that I'm sure, like many of you, you could just recite the Lord's Prayer, you just recite it. It's in you. But, you know, having the opportunity to dig into it and go, okay, but what does it mean? What was Jesus saying? Jesus was not saying, say these words. They're magical, and they're going to make you close to God. You know, he was giving us a pattern, just like with his life. He was teaching them a pattern of how to get to know God. And so I want to say, um, I'm going to read it to you this morning. But first, let's just pray, and then let's just, you know, dig into this. And I believe, you know, if you're, if you're a brand-new believer, if you don't believe in Jesus at all, or if you're like, you've been around for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, um, I just believe that God wants to share something new with you because he always wants to grow deeper um, in his relationship with us. So Father, I thank you that your spirit is here. And God, I just pray that the ears of our hearts would just be turned up so we'd be able to hear what you have to say with us, to say to us this morning. Um, God, I just pray that you would just use my words and that you would speak to hearts and souls this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So in Matthew 6, Jesus answered them, saying, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Who here knows that verse or that, that passage? Like in some, like, yeah, it's so good. You know, God wants us to connect with him relationally for who he is and how he wants us to relate to him. And the lens, you know, I love last week, Pastor Russ was talking about the lens by which, you know, he was like, I want you all to have new glasses. I also this week today, you know, want you to put on some new glasses. And when we pray, you know, Pastor Russ was saying, like, every time I walk in the room, I just like wait. And then I'm like, welcome, Holy Spirit. And then I come in. Um, you know, I would love for you, and it, it seems cheesy, but what it does is it gives you a reminder of, okay, Holy Spirit's here with me. I just have to be aware of his presence. And so this morning, I want you to put on a new lens, if you don't have this already, and begin every single prayer for the rest of your lives from this day forward. My Heavenly Father. And, you know, to the disciples and to everybody around, that was absolutely, it was like complete heresy, it was absolutely offensive that this man thought that he was like equal with God. He was God's son. But not only that, he didn't say, pray my father, Jesus' dad. He said, we're going to pray our father from now on. And the word, the Aramaic word that was used was Abba. And um, so I hear people say like, oh, you know, uh, you know, Abba. And they pray and it's like a little bit cringy to me. And it's like, that's how they felt. Because Abba doesn't actually mean father, it means daddy. And I know that some of you have heard this before, but I want us to understand that when we approach God, we have to 
approach him as our dad. And that can be so hard for us if we've had an amazing dad or not an amazing dad because they're people. And so the lens that we have is, okay, so even if we are going to say dad, it's the, the dirty lens of the imperfection of humanity. But then right after that, it says, hallowed be your name, you are holy. And so we are not just saying, hey, dad, we're saying, dad, you are holy. And um, it's been shared before in one of the most, um, the simplest way that I heard about what, what does the word holy mean? Um, was actually in Pastor Roy's basic doctrine class years ago. So go, it was mind-blowing. I grew up in the church and I heard it and I was like, oh my gosh, I think there was nights that I'm just like, stop talking, just let me just process what you're saying right now. Because um, it was so good. So if you want your mind blown and you want to learn about God, go to that class, sign up. Um, but the way he explained it to me, holiness, was being consistent with design. And so he'd given this, this example of a butter knife. And a butter knife was created to spread butter. It's created to spread spreads. And so when you do that, that butter knife is holy. But if you use it, like I'm sure all of us have done, to unlock a bathroom door or unscrew something, it's not bad, but it's no longer holy. It's not consistent with the design and what it was created for. And so when we think about God, God is consistent, 100% consistent with who he is and says, holy is your name. And there are so many names in the Bible for God. You know, I absolutely love, you know, Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides. Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Jehovah um, Rohi, the God my, God my shepherd. Um, Jehovah El Roy, the God who sees me. Elohim, God our creator. Emmanuel, God with us. All of these come out of the fact that he is our dad. He is a perfect dad. He brings peace because he is peace. He is a perfect father. He gives good gifts because he is a perfect father. He's holy. He gives, um, he is provider. He does all these things because he is a dad. And so when we look at him, we're, it's so quick, so often we can fall into doubt and we can fall into disbelief and we can fall into these things because we don't come to him with the lens of you, I need to just recenter myself and go, okay, I'm not just running into a room and talking to somebody or just asking for things, or, or, but you are my dad, and you are able, and he, if we don't know whose we are, we cannot know who we are. We cannot know who we are, and so we can all of a sudden go, hey, I, I, am, I am not victorious, and um, I am this, I am these things, because I don't know who's, uh, whose I am, but if we can come in going, okay, first, you are my dad, and you are holy, and you are perfect, I now get to be everything that you said I am. Because if I'm not sure about who God is and he says, like, if someone's just like, you're great, but you're like, I don't really know who you are. You're like, I don't know if that's true or if you believe that. But if I can understand who he is. And so, like, get in the word. We're not telling you to get in the word just because it's like, we just want your head to be full of stuff. But we want you to get into the word so that you can learn more about who he is so you can know more about who you are. Because, you know, I always, I always think, you know, um, the, the royals, the, the, like the princes, it's like they're not walking around unsure if they say something, if it's going to happen. Because they know who they are, because they know their lineage. They know if they say something, it's going to happen because they have authority. You're not going to know the authority that you walk in if you don't understand that he's your father. But the other thing that is so relational and so beautiful you know, one of the things with having children is you see, and I'm sure all of you have either experienced this or you've seen this, is little kids just run up to their dad and they're like, I love you. You know, my dad's the strongest dad. 
You know, my dad's a superhero. They're just pouring out their adoration. They pour out, they don't pour their adoration out on people they don't know. They pour their adoration out on people that they know. And even their imperfect fathers who, you know, like, are just imperfect. They just run up and they're like, I love you, dad. I want to be with you. I want to relate to you. You are so good. You're the best drawer, dad. You're the best driver. And so we see in this first sentence, you know, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, this invitation to just come in and adore God. And it's not because God needs us to worship him. It's because he designed us and understands that something happens in us when we worship him. When we can declare with our words, with our songs, you are good, you are more than a conqueror, you are enough, you are worthy, you are holy, you are my provider. And we can do that at the very beginning of when we interact with him. It changes everything else because if we don't start in a place of truth, we can, be, we can just be rocky. And so the first thing that we see, you know, this pattern in Jesus' life and this pattern that he shares with us is that we would understand not just that he's our father, yes, sir, but that he's our daddy. And it's honestly, it's like, and I, 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 it's cringy to me to think because it's like, but you're so holy. You know, on Friday during the Devos, Ted was talking about the fact that, you know, God is transcendent. He is above all. And that's what they knew for generations For generations, it was locked in their culture, in the Jewish culture. You know, blessed are you, Lord or God, king of the universe. And what that does, it's not that it's not true. But if that's the first view we have of God, then the the feelings and the belief systems that come after that are, he's so far away, he could not see what's happening with me. He's so far away, he doesn't even, it's like, it's going to be a lot of work for him to come on down here and deal with this little thing that doesn't matter. And it's like, but if we can understand that he's our father, we understand that he's so close to us. He sees everything. He cares about everything. He wants to be with us. He's a good shepherd. And so, yes, we are disciplined. You know, in Psalms, David said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It comforts me to know that I'm disciplined and that I'm brought along. But if I don't understand that he's my father, when things go wrong in the world and wrong in my life, it's so quick for me to have that viewpoint of God and go, he must be punishing me. God wouldn't give you something bad because he's your dad. I would never put something on my kid because I'm just like, well, you were bad today. So here's sickness, here's depression, Here's loneliness. I wouldn't do that. But what I would do is I would discipline them and have natural consequences. And also I would invite them just to my table. And it was, this is so great. Anybody that has kids, like it is different to have kids now. Like my life as a kid was different, right? Like that's every generation. And I was talking with Titus this week and it was, it was just so funny because he's like, we were talking about discipline and, and stuff. And he's like, you know, and I was saying like, you know, you don't get things taken away from you a lot. And he goes, well, when I come to the table, you don't let me bring my technology. <laughs> what? I'm like, that's not discipline. That's just family. Like that's family time. Like I'm not punishing you by having you take that away. And sometimes we feel like God is punishing us. And he's like, I'm not punishing you because I don't want your technology. I just want to spend time with you. And so we have to come in with this understanding that he is our God. He is our dad. He is holy. And there's nothing that he's going to do that isn't good for us. And in your, in your notes, I put in, um, 
you know, Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly father know how to give good gifts? He knows, and yet so often our first instinct because of how we feel is to believe that he is against us. And that's why when we come to him, we have to align ourselves. It's essential that we align ourselves, that he is, he is our father, he is a good father. Um, you know, the next, the next line is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we don't understand that he is our good father, how are we ever gonna submit our will to him? And I wanna suggest to you that it's hard, and we see that from the pattern of Jesus's life. So if it's hard for you, just know it's hard for, it was hard for Jesus also. He had to learn obedience. We, we hear, we read a story about um, when he was a little kid and he just stuck around at church and, you know, at the synagogue and his parents went off and then they came back because they didn't know where he was. And then they had, he, in the, it says he had to learn how to obey. Jesus, the son of God, had to learn because he was fully man. And so sometimes we just, uh, we, we unintentionally just were like, but it was Jesus, so it must have been so much easier for him. No, it wasn't. He was a man, but also we see in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus say, God, I don't want to go to the cross. I don't want that. That's painful. Even thinking about it's painful. I know my friends are gonna abandon me. I know all these things are gonna happen, but your will, God, not mine. And so, if it, you know, again, it's not that God calls us into bad things, but it was for the glory of, of after. It was for the joy that awaited him that he was willing to do it. It was because he understood, you're my dad, and if you're asking me to go through this, there's something good on the other side. Because if anybody knew that God could do whatever he wanted, it was Jesus. He knew God could make any way that he wanted. He could have saved the world in any way but the Bible says that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. It's in Isaiah 55, 9 through 8. It says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. And so Jesus knew that. And because he knew and was so convinced of the goodness of the Father, he was able to submit his life even unto death. And that's why we have to get the first one in order. We have to get it in order. There's a pattern there for a purpose. And so we, we, we need to submit our, ourselves to God, not just the big things, um, not the things, you know, sometimes I submit your life. It's like, okay, I know I'm doing this wrong thing, so I'll submit this wrong thing. But in Proverbs 14, 12, it says, there is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. There are really good things or seemingly good things in your mind that are actually not good for you or not good in this moment. There are great things that my kids want, but it's not appropriate for that age or it's not appropriate for that moment. And I'm not a bad parent because I just withhold it from them or I say this has to be delayed. And yet in our lives, there are times that we're like, but God, I wish I was making you know, six figures. And God's like, but you don't even know how to take care of the finances you have right now. That would cripple you. That would cripple you. You know, God, I wish I was in this position. And it's like, but you don't even know how to clean up relationships at this level. If I did that, how damaging would it be? God's not withholding from you. He's a good father and he wants to lead you and help you grow. But we need to submit our lives to him so that we're not constantly oh, 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 pushing our will. But if we would just submit and just let him lead us. It's like, have you ever, I do this every day. It's like, it's bedtime. And it's like, ah! it's like, it'd be much easier for both of us. It'd be much more enjoyable if you just gave in. 
that we didn't have time for books because you were not giving in. You know, it's like, I want to spend time with you, but you're just, and it's like, just, it's not just give in. You can't do it if you don't have a good lens of who your father is. And so it's not that we don't come to him with these things, but we need to understand who he is. And the other aspect of, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done. I need to understand that, yes, you are the king, but also in your time with the Lord, pray for his will to be done. Pray for his will to be done. And it's like, well, I don't know what his will is. And it's like, that's why you should get into the Bible (laughs) because it's full of him sharing with us what his will is. His will is that you would obey your parents and that you would honor them. His will is that you would pray for your enemies and that you would bless them. His will is that we would pray for our people in authority and our governments that there would be peace in the land. His will is that we would care for widows and orphans. Are you doing those things? Because there's a ton more. And it's not to to put like a heavy on you, but when we can... Be in the presence of God and be like, God, I want to believe for your will. I want to believe for what you have. I want, you know, God, for whatever reason, chose to use man to release his will on the earth. And so it's like, well, why are all these happening on the earth? Maybe there's a a generation of believers that need to stand up and start declaring God's will. And then it'll happen. And then we're going to see the world change. You know, in Daniel, you know, Daniel's talking to this angel. He's like, well, where were you? You know, I prayed 21 days ago. Were there things that you prayed for 21 days ago that haven't happened yet? Me too. And he said, the the angel said, the moment that you prayed, I was released. And I had to war to get here. But the moment that you prayed, I was released. The moment that we pray, it's released. The moment that we do it, but we need to do it. We need to do it. We have to get the heart of God in our hearts. And if you want your life changed, pray the will of God. Figure out what it is. If you want your life changed, forgive. Because he's a forgiver and it's hard. But you want to know what was hard? Jesus going to the cross. What we see is that surrender is not easy. What we see is surrender is not easy, but it is so worth it. And it's worth going on this journey. It's like, if I just want my life to be, it's like, it's never going to matter and it's never going to make a difference. But if you want your life to matter and you want your life to make a difference and you want to have an eternal reward in heaven, understand that he's your father. He wants that for you too. And surrender, surrender your will to his. The final thing I want to talk with you about this morning is that we need to build our faith and trust in God by having faith and trusting in God, which might seem really, really funny, but it's like, oh, I trust God. I just don't trust him with anything. Here's this thing, God, this prayer request I have. Here it is. I'm just not gonna give it to you. I'm just gonna tell you about it. He's not gonna pry your hands open and rip it away from you. We need to build trust. And so we see Jesus say, give us this day our daily bread. Give me today my daily bread. And it is a direct reference to when the children of Israel left slavery and were walking through the desert. And they saw God deliver them. They saw God prepare a way through an an ocean. And then they're like, but I'm hungry. And they're just grumbling to Moses. And Moses is like, what am I going to do about it? And God in his goodness provided for them manna from heaven that the Bible says tasted like wafer dipped in honey. Like they literally got candy every morning, which is why I give my kids candy every morning. I just feel like I'm going to be like Jesus. And, um, and then they got quail at night. They got, they got meat. And you know, the interesting thing again is that God can do anything. 
You know, the Bible says that their sandals didn't wear out, that God preserved all of their things for 40 years. He could have just biologically changed them so that they wouldn't be hungry every day. Could have done that. that God could have done that. But God, because he's a good father, wanted to teach them that I am faithful I am dependable, you can depend on me. And you know, if they stored up too much of this manna, it would be rotten the next day. They had to, to get new bread every single day. God, and, what, and it took 40 years. So if you're like, oh, you know, I've been in this Christian thing for five years, one year, however long, and I just, it's like, I just can't get it into my head that God is faithful, I keep doubting. It took them 40 years. It took them 40 years to, to stop hoarding the goodness of God and just, and just being like, okay, I'm going to believe that tomorrow God is going to be faithful. And so we, we, he invites us to ask God for something new every single morning. And you know, one of the things that I absolutely love is like, you know, the morning devos, all of us being online together was we got something fresh every day. How good was that? Right? It was so good. And it's like, but if I read the word and I'm like, that's so good. And I hold on to it for like seven weeks it's still true, and it's still good, but it's not nourishing me the same. And so, you know, we need to be desperate in asking God, you know, give me today something fresh. Give me today something new. Because you're faithful, and I know you'll do it. You're faithful. But I think he also, it's not just what do you need this morning. You know, we are so capable in our society in North America to get what we need like our practical needs. And, and, and because of, um, you know, just the world right now, some of us are struggling with those needs, but it actually provides us an opportunity to be dependent on someone who is faithful. But I also wanted to show you that, you know, there are things that we can pray for that actually, it's like we don't need it. God's not a genie, but he's a good dad. And he wants to prove to us that he's a good dad. He wants to do things in our heart by providing our wants. And so I'm not saying to you just go and just, you know, um, at, like make a list and be like, God, do all of this for me. But when we have an understanding that he is a good father, we understand that he is holy, we ask him and we're in, we're in relationship with him, wanting his, his will to be done. And then we come to him with our wants and our desires. We can see him move in incredible ways but it takes trust and it takes faith and that sometimes can be really challenging. You know, when we were um, going through the process of trying to conceive Titus, it took us years and we, we did all these things and we went to the fertility clinic in Ottawa, amazing clinic. And we were in a small group and there was a couple that just said, you know, we, we just were like, God, I don't wanna use medication so we're not going that route. And I remember us driving home and just, it, just quietly in my heart, I'm like, cause I'm okay, God, if your will is that we take medication, I'm okay with that. I don't want to. And it was scary for me to say, God, I don't want to, because then all of a sudden he could disappoint me by that not being the outcome, if that makes sense. And so I just risked it and was just like, God, you can do it anyway. But I believe you could do it this way. It's been five years. We've done all of these tests. My blood work hasn't changed in years. But it's just what I want. And two days before we went to get the medication, I found out I was pregnant. Because God is a good father. He's a good father, but also I wanna tell you that he gives you the desires of your heart. Not that he gives them to you, but he puts the desires in your heart. And years ago, it was like eight years ago, I felt like God was like, I'm gonna show you that I'm a good dad. 
ask me for whatever you want and just have faith that I'm going to give it to you. And again, he's not a genie, but I felt in that season to just, we were moving into our first home that we, that we, we owned, that we purchased. And I just felt like God's just like, give me, and I, and I came up with five things, like, and I'm just like, we could save up and get them. But like right now, when we move into the house, we're not going to have them. It's like a dining room table, an outdoor patio. Um, there were all these things. But the one thing that I was like, oh yeah, God, you can do it, was a car. I wanted a car. Because I've heard all my life stories of people, God providing them vehicles. And I'm just like, yeah, God, you're like, I can do anything. I'm like, yes, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. That's what your Bible says. That's what your word says. I'm gonna believe that you're gonna provide me with a car and I'm not gonna pay a cent for it. That's, and I'm like, because God put that desire in my heart and I wasn't being a snotty nosed kid by just being like, okay, you want, like, I'm gonna ask you. And within like two months, you'd better believe that every single thing that I asked God for, he provided for me, including a car. But let me tell you this, God put that desire in my heart, not for me. Within a week of me being called and being offered this car by my brother-in-law who's right over there, my, my biological brother just reached out to the family and was just like, my car is busted and I can't, we can't afford to get it fixed. And that means I'm not gonna be able to be with my family I'm gonna because he commuted. So we'd have to live in a different city and then just f hitchhike literally on the way, on the weekends to just be able to see his brand new kid. And immediately I was like, oh, you gave me all of this because you're my good father, but you're our good father. And you knew before his car was, I never even saw the car. I was just like, are you guys okay if I give it away? And it was so easy. It was so easy because God did what he did, but he gave me the desire of my heart. And so if God's putting desires in your heart, if it's for children, if it's for, you know, finances, if it's like, like go into the word and figure out what is his heart. But if he's putting things in your heart and you're willing to go, God, like you're just a good dad, pray for them. Pray for them and believe for them. I absolutely love this verse. I love this verse. If you leave today, just be like, God is my father. He's my daddy. But James 5, 16 says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and it is effective. It is powerful and it is effective. And Harvest, if 2024 is nothing less, it will be a year that we stand on the word and that our prayers would be proven to be powerful and effective because our daddy is powerful and effective. So pray, pray and believe, pray and be willing to risk the vulnerability of being disappointed or being delayed because our prayers are powerful and effective. Do you wanna see change in your life? Do you wanna see change in the lives of people around you? Do we wanna see a city transformed? Then pray, because the Bible says it's powerful and effective every single time. And then you go, oh, but I'm not righteous. <laughs> yes, you are. You're righteous because of the blood of Jesus. You are righteous because of what he has done. Nothing that you have done is because of that. And so this morning, if you are just really aware that you're like, I don't know Jesus, I don't know God as my daddy, and I'm not righteous because he's not in my life but I want my prayers to be powerful and effective. I want to live in this place with God. I want to invite you today into just asking him to be in your life, to pray and ask him to be your daddy. It just seems so unholy to say that, but that's what he wants. To be your daddy, to be your savior, to forgive you of your sins, to make you right in right standing with him so that when you pray, understanding that he's your dad with that lens, it would be powerful and effective. And so I'm just gonna invite you all just to close your eyes. And if you're in the room this morning or if you're online, Hello to online people also, by the way. It's in my notes to say hi to you, but I forget sometimes.
and you would like to have that relationship with God, I just want to invite you just to put your hand up so that we will just pray with you. You know, this is a time that we all get to just be with the Lord on our own. And so I'm just going to just wait for a moment and just allow you to put your hand up and we're all going to pray together because sometimes putting our hand up is too much. We're just like shaking in our boots and that's okay. All right, Harvest, for those who have put their hands up this morning, first let's just give them a round of applause because like we're just excited that they're part of our family now. You also have my daddy. And let's just pray together. Father God, thank you that you are my Abba, Daddy. Thank you that you forgive me. Thank you that you patterned your life in a way I can follow so that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you that you love me. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I believe that if you've prayed that for the first time or if that's just fresh in your heart, you know, God is my dad, I believe that this year is gonna be an incredible year of us seeing God do incredible things. And so if you feel that little that little uh, ember just fanning into flame of like, I want to pray for and believe for and see more, I wanna just blow on that because I am believing for so much more. So be blessed this morning. We're just gonna worship and then Pastor Roy and Christina will be up in a moment. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, you're a good father, it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. prayer life, God. We will trust you with more and give more freely, God. You are a good, good Father. You have our best intentions. Father, you love us dearly, and there's nothing we can do that can disappoint you, Father. Father, I'm just praying for each and every person as we leave today, God, that you will go with them, Father. And Father, that they will trust you more this week than ever before, God, because you are a good, good Father. You are our Abba Daddy. Father, we just pray in all things, Father, and give all of us and all of our life to you, Jesus, in your name we pray, amen.
Amen. Our ministry team is at the front. They all want to minister with you if you have a need today. Stand with someone in faith and believe God for your miracle. God bless you. Have an amazing week.